Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. I've missed that recording in progress. I've missed you, but fine. The first thing I need to do actually is, is there a difference between this sound of me talking hello, hello, Mm -hmm. and this sound of me talking hello, hello? That one's actually a bit louder, clearer. I don't know if you need to be louder, I'm not going to lie. No, I know, but the reason is because I've lost... I, when I was setting up this mic, I lost the screw and it fell yeah. off. So now this is just hanging off. It just rests. My, Paul, mine's been like that. Since I'm not joking, we recorded Clara in the Sun. <laughs> but it just but sits the, on top of the microphone. But to this degree where it's literally just like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, that comes out. But you've got a screw. Mine's not even anywhere near in there. It's not a screw. It's just, you just twist it on. Like, um, it's just... It doesn't fit, though, because I lost the screw. No, there's no screw. What are you on about? (laughs) Try and look at how big the hole is, though. Oh, they're different! You see? Yeah, look, mine you twist in like this. Yeah, mine does too, but it's because it was stuck to a screw. Uh, That's the bit I've lost. But this is just made out of plastic. How have you lost that? Anyway, whatever. Anyway, so so it's fine like this. (laughs) God, we're really coming in fresh <laughs> off the press. Welcome Hot back. <laughs> season four. Well, is I it think season it... four? Isn't it? I thought it was season three. I think it's season four. This is shit, Whoa. Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> Sarah, how are you? How am I? Good, yeah, good. <laughs> um, what, what have I got to report? Since we last recorded, all that I can think of is I've turned a year older. Yes, and how was yeah. that? It was fabulous. My friends made me do a pit and peek the day before of my 27th year. And you know what? It was mostly, mostly peaks. Oh, that's um, good. I know. I hadn't realised this is what, you know, when people bark on about meditation, and I'm like, I don't care. Um they're always like on about reflection and all this kind of stuff and, you know, taking note. And then when I looked back on 27, I was like, actually, yeah, you know what? It wasn't too fucking bad. 28 so far has been shit. So, mm. but that's fine. Some Can I be a prick? Go on. It was your 28th year and now you're in your 29th. Yes. No, you know what? No, that's I'm annoyed because that's my <laughs> argument. That's my argument. So one of my friends, when they turned 26, I was like, ooh, late 20s. And he was like, "Uh, are you fucking joking? Mid 20s. And I was like, no. What would you define as late 20s? And he was like 27 and up. And I was like, well, you're in your 27th year. Ooh. Yeah, because when people put it in your card and they say, oh, I hope you enjoy your 31st year. I'm like, I've already had it, babe. You're thick. You're not born as one, are you? Unless you're in Korea. Oh, and then you are. So I think, weird. so in Korea, hmm. Michael's mom's born on New Year's Eve. So in Korea, everybody turns what? She's like one. two. 
This Everybody is a thing. is born one and then they turn the next year on the 1st of Jan. But apparently they celebrate, I'm saying they, like a proper racist. People in South Korea, like yeah. they, they <laughs> celebrate their actual birthdays though, but everyone just turns a year older or some shit. So Michael's mom would have been two the day after she was born. Yeah. Yeah. The old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a friend who has a birthday on a leap year. So technically... He's old. He's older than me in the amount of time he's been on the planet. But in years, he's in his age. He's only about six, I think. Jealous. I know. Um, speaking of my Michael's mom. Oh yeah, of course. Who I love. We're going to New York next week. Just With... me and her. Just you two. <laughs> no, no, you not really. <laughs> no, with with Derek and Michael. Okay. Oh my God, Paul, I've got something to confess. Hmm. So you told me about this New York trip, but you didn't say who was going on it. Yeah. And you just mentioned that you were going to New York and I thought you were going with our two friends again and I hadn't been invited. And I was thinking any day now he's going to admit to me that <laughs> we're going to be. So I am over the moon with this information. When, when did you, how long have you thought that for? since I was last in London and we went out because you said I put it in the New York chat and I know you had a New York chat from the last time you all went to New York without me (laughs) and I was like they're doing it again they're doing it again and I don't know what to do this time that's it and I went home and I scratched you out of my will (laughs) screamed into a pillow (laughs) yeah Regina George oh so we're going to New York which I'm really (laughs) excited about yeah but uh-huh. What I'm more excited about is soon after we get back from New York, me, Michael, and his 82-year-old grandparents are going to Benidorm. That is fucking class. I know. I've never been. Never been to Benidorm. Neither have I. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm jealous. I know I'm, I'm more jealous of that than New York. Oh, God. Paul, oh. well, you are... I wouldn't actually say you're the target market for Benidorm. You force yourself into that audience. Yeah, I'm a... Um, I'm a little snake. I'm a fraud because I was, t- I was talking to my friend Taylor at work. Mm, I don't think people would call Taylor in real life. He's got such a complex about it oh, because God. he's called Taylor with an ER. <laughs> and if you met him, like he's not a Taylor. He's a, he's a David, which is his middle name. I was going to say Derek. Yeah, he's one of them. Okay. And he... We've done the opposite stuff. So, like, uh, my parents were, they're both, they're both still posh-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, middle class, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got dragged. When, oh, me, when I was younger, I used to get dragged around Europe. And we used to go to, like, chateaus and shit. <laughs> Never did I get to go to, like, Tenerife or anything like that. Never. And then when I was 18, I went on my first holiday with my friends to Gran Canaria and I have never looked back. So go to Gran Canaria like once a year, went twice last year, love Tenerife, <laughs> Benidorm. I just absolutely love cultureless places. That's yeah. my favourite kind of holiday. That's your culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas Taylor came from like a working class background, but then like now is a doctor of history of art. Um, yeah. And I wish I could be called Taylor with an ER. Yeah, no, I see that. I do see that. You are. I like it though. I like how readily you've embraced it. Yeah, I oh like God, a mix beyond. of both. A heady mix of both. Last year, I did a bit of time in Lisbon. 
very like drank espresso and espressos and like did things that tourists do but in like a cultured way mm. um and then I, and then a few weeks later i went to ibiza and lost my mind i know i think it's best to have both balance balance i'm i'm in the midst of planning my summer travels and i'm gonna go away Ooh. for three weeks if my manager allows i asked her in my catch up the other day i was like she was like oh i will have to double check with that i was like are you fucking joking what do i do that is a value and that the whole company would fall apart if I wasn't there for three weeks. I could die tomorrow, and I think it would take the organisation at least until next Friday to find out. Um, (laughs) Anyway, me and my friend Nina are going to go for three weeks to Costa Rica. Oh, my God. Isn't that quite sensational? It is. Wow. What, 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 What made you land on Costa Rica? Um, well, we were going to do Cuba and then, well, actually we were just looking at places that we could go to. We kind of settled on Costa Rica because it's the one that's in like the least economical crises right now. The one that's not been too um, you know, destroyed by COVID. And I know that's like, well, why shouldn't we go to those places and lend our money to the tourism trade? But um, it just feels a bit voyeuristic. Do you know what I mean? So Costa Rica. <laughs> also, I wanted to go to Cuba <laughs> oh. I don't know if this is like a normal thing I really just don't know if it is and I don't know if I'm gonna say something and loads of people are gonna resonate or oh, loads of people our 10 listeners are gonna resonate or I'm gonna say something and just get, get put on a register somewhere I've got an obsession with like prisons and obviously hey, tell me more well what's in Cuba or off Cuba that's exactly right, Guantanamo Bay. And so I was Googling. <laughs> I was Googling before we decided to not go to Cuba. And you visit Guantanamo Bay. Holy fucking God, Sarah, that is dark. Like, got through to these, like, to like the federal website that was like, e. if you have a family member. <laughs> In Guantanamo, currently incarcerated, you can apply to go and see this. It's like, have I got enough time to strike up some kind of pen palmanship with an inmate at Guantanamo Bay so I can go and talk about bloody voyeurism? But, um, uh, well, you know what, though? Well, people will be judging, people will be turning off before you turn off, (laughs) right? I went to Alcatraz in San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah. So before you judge, everyone listening when was last time you went on a jack the ripper tour i mean i'm saying that like everyone's done it but lots of people have when was last time you watched when was last time you watched a netflix murder docuseries yeah it's all about time so it's time and distance so when you're watching a true crime thing there's distance because you're not there and when you're going on jack the ripper tour it's like it doesn't exist because it's so long ago tell you what in 100 years i'm sorry they're going to be taking them around that hotel that madeline mccann got nicked from thank you Thank you. I just want to be there in the present. Do you know what I mean? I want to be in the here and now. It's like that time that I went to Laura Parquet, but I won't. That's my biggest secret in my life. <laughs> I've just, just told it. I've just told it. Is that the one in Tenerife? Not in Tenerife. Which one's it? It here? is in Tenerife, yeah. Oh, is it? I think I've been there. there. Well, do you know why I went there, Paul? Because of Blackfish. Because I'm obsessed with Blackfish. Mm. And I paid, well, I didn't pay, but my boyfriend at the time paid extra so I could have the backstage tour. And I did ask one an interrogative question, 
um because the way that I like pacified what I was doing feeding into that industry mm. was that I was like doing some kind of investigative journalism but also it wasn't really journalism mm. because I never wrote a single soul about it because it's too ashamed but I was like I'm just I just need to scratch this itch I need to mm. know more and I need to hear it from the horse's mouth so I went to the scene of one of the crimes and I asked the perpetrators and do you know and what, what did they, they say nothing she totally fobbed me off that's probably the the thing they get in training, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, God, I can't well, believe I've admitted that. I don't tell anyone that, not even when it's I'm fine. absolutely hammered. It's good because this is a good forum because we're still not, haven't gone completely viral. We this can tell our secrets and it's only our closest, closest listeners who will ever know. I've been listening to a podcast recently. I won't say it, obviously, but it's really funny. And the two hosts are really progressive and they're like... They talk about issues and they're open-minded and whatever and whatever, whatever. But they've been going for three years and they've got all these sponsorships now. They're really popular. They went viral because they've got a big TikTok presence. Oh. If you you go back to the beginning, beginning, they say some really problematic stuff. Well, I would tone it so far down if we started getting sponsorships. I'd say whatever they wanted us to say. Oh, me too. Me too. You know what I think one of the biggest flexes is at the minute? And actually, Taylor fucking did it at work. Oh, I don't like true crime documentaries. Don't. That's my personality. That's my thing, and I said it first. What is? I don't watch them. Sorry, have we not just had a conversation about how we watch them? No, I was saying I don't. I I go to the scene of the crime. I like to have my finger on the pulse pull. Oh, so you're like, so you're worse. You like go down. Place. Yeah, but the, that wasn't the point. The point was I don't watch true <laughs> crime documentaries <laughs> because they're not they're not enough. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I think his was the other <laughs> argument. Like, oh, it's not it's not good. It's not good for society. I mean that Dharma one that everyone was absolutely that was rimming. It, did you watch it? Well, no, but that wasn't even a documentary, was it? It was a. Uh, well, was I don't a... know because I didn't watch it. <laughs> it was just a a drama, a drama. Um, but yeah, they didn't ask permission, and or, or they did, and then they said no, so that's not great. But, mm. Yeah, so I could go down that route, but actually, I think it's just because they're not grim enough for me. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, well, you know how you avoid all of this conversation and just stay in the moral high ground? Mm. Go to bed at all. That's so true, yeah. You just stay out yep. of all all of these debates, just go to bed at all. <laughs> I'll let you know how it is. Um, how are your New Year's resolutions going? What were they again? I was trying to think what mine were. Um, the only you one had a list. Yeah, the only tea. one I've, tea. I've, I'm still drinking my tea, not to the extent that I was though. Right. Do you um, remember when you said I'm a tea boy, and I thought that meant that you were going to make all the tea in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would if anyone came in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were yours? Do less. No, sorry. Do more than the bare minimum. All right. How's that going? Mm. Comparatively, not. No, I'm doing. I'm doing less. Oh no. What am I doing? I'm doing a big bike ride that you need to sponsor me for. You don't. Yes, really I did see that. I will. I did definitely you? Will. Yes, I saw it because it said it said Sarah Hopkins has put a story on for the first time in a while. Ah, yeah. Um, so I'm doing that, which means I have to do that. Is that be that's not that? I don't know. Um, everything else is still pretty much bare minimum. 
been going out more. Great. Yeah, went out last Friday to a feminist disco. Do you know What's what? What's that actually, mean? Um, well, it was like everyone welcome, all feminists, everyone, but obviously because it was a feminist disco, no men showed up, so it was fantastic. It was just a club mm-hmm. night and just me and loads of women were dancing. You would have loved it, Paul. It was tons of middle-aged women who'd all got babysitters <sighs> for the evening mm. and they had they were just drinking gallons and gallons of wine and telling me about the kids who obviously I don't care about and then just dancing terribly to Beyonce who runs the world girls <laughs> that it does sound like my dream night it was fantastic and then I ran home I've got this thing where I run home from nights out. This is the beauty of Edinburgh, especially the new flat that I live in, is that to get anywhere from my flat is uphill, but that just means that getting back to my flat from anywhere is downhill. So every night out that I've been on for the last two months, which is every single weekend, if not twice in a weekend, legend, I sprint, I sprint home. (laughs) Oh my God, I would love to see an image of that. (laughs) I told some of my pals last weekend on a different night out and they were like, because in my head I'm like floating, do you know what I mean? I'm going so fast, the faster I've ever run, I don't get breathless and like there's not a single chance of me tripping up and my hands are in my pockets and I just sprint at the speed of light and they were like, that image is like what is happening in your head versus what is happening in reality too completely different things. Like when kids run and they're bent forward at the waist and like... <laughs> the nose is like three inches off the ground. That's a hundred percent what's happening. But it's just it gets you home so quick. Edinburgh is such a small city. If you run, I say you can walk anywhere in twenty minutes in Edinburgh. Just anywhere that you need to get to will take you twenty minutes. If you run, it's ten. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, how are your New Year's resolutions going? Shit, other than the T-boy, but I, I don't think I can even call myself T-boy anymore. No. Oh, the other thing I realised was, you know how I went really hard on how brilliant January is? Yeah. Um, I got halfway through and realised that I was wrong. It's a long month, isn't it? It really does drag on. This is crap. It's really crap. I just, I went... <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that I'd found a new thing about myself that I could be excited for next year. And I've realised that the first week's all right. And then it's just really, really shit. You saying you like January is just the total equivalent of, like, the working-class person that grows up and goes, like, backpacking across Southeast Asia and doesn't like true crime documentaries. Yeah. You growing up middle class, then holidaying in places like Gran Canaria and Benidorm, and then saying... I love January. It's just the perfect. <laughs> I'm an absolute horror show, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Awful. Um, right, shall we do the drink in the book? The book in the drink? Yeah, I need another drink. Do you want to go get one? Out? I need another wee. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, be. Hi. Hey. I feel like you're going to do some sort of cam show. I am naked under, <laughs> under the stressing gear. Mm. Gives um, a flash. No thanks. I'm going out tomorrow night, and I did the everything shower earlier. Is that where you shave all your crevices? 
I didn't go, I didn't go that far. But like, you just do a deep condition, you do a body scrub, you do do some shaping and moisturize and everything. And then the next step is to fake tan. And I made the fatal error of pausing. So I got to moisturizing and then it was meant to be fake tan. And I just thought I'd just have a quick sit down. And obviously I've not resumed yet. What is that a thing in everything shower? Yeah, I feel I feel like people will know what I'm on about. You do an everything shower on a big event day. All right. Oh God. What? Uh, what have you lost? I, I found I was getting me vape off the floor, but my earphones <laughs> weren't long enough. Um <laughs> right. like a dog on a leash. <laughs> exactly. Right. So guys, for season four, episode one of Reading for Attention International podcast i wonder if we've got any listeners in cuba i bet we do um is... <laughs> maybe not you know the book is book lovers by emily henry and the drink is anything we could find in our houses and mine changed because i thought i'll just put i'll just get the dregs of whatever's going on in me hoose and then i had mm-hmm. a text from michael this is I'm sure I've talked about this on the pod before, but when Michael suggests a drink is when I know that n- no rules apply. I, I yeah. don't know what I'm trying to say. He texts no, us saying um, at 12.46 p.m., <laughs> I'm going to have to have a bit of wine tonight. And I was like, yes! So, <laughs> so basically, I'm oh, having just... wine. I'm having a good oh. glass of peeny weeny. Dry, 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 Coca-Cola. Table ready. Pina Pina Grigia. I'm mm-hmm. having an Aperol Spritz. and I just think what are the chances I had all of the ingredients I did also have an orange segment in it earlier but I think the orange was off because it just made the whole drink taste really weird Um, (laughs) but yeah I was going to have a vodka lime soda and I've got all of this stuff in my flat because for my birthday I wanted to do some cocktails so I got stuff for martinis and I made Mm. holly smell while I got ready and having everything shower, I made Holly Smelt sit and stuff olives with blue cheese, and she did. Oh, my God. Yeah, she did a whole jar. And then, uh, because, oh, my God, I went to this place in Soho. You've got to go. It's called Rita's. And they mm. do a martini and it, with this gilder. And on the gilder is a blue cheese stuffed olive. And That's anchovy. a gilder. So you know how there's a toothpick with an olive in a martini glass, typically? Yeah. A gilder is apparently just a fancy, a, a rich person version of that, and you get more stuff on it, and you pay an additional four pounds for it on what is already in a twelve-pound drink. Yeah, and also Whoa. the martini isn't normal size; it's called a mini martini, and they're the size of a shot glass. Uh, anyway, besides the point, it's my friend's Hindu, so none of us held back. Um, and this gilder had a blue cheese stuffed olive, an anchovy, and a jalapeno. Mm-hmm on it and you just did the whole thing in one pull it was the single best thing I have ever put in my mouth I was just buying the gilders after that not even the martinis and I wanted to recreate them for my birthday so I bought all of these ingredients and I wanted to do margaritas martinis aperol spritz and apple teenies because they're my favorite drink um obviously I just ended up drinking three liters of apple teeny and forgot mm. every other cocktail which now means I've got just... You've got all the all the ingredients. Yeah. I haven't had a martini since... Remember when I decided I was a martini boy? I'm such mm. a liar. Martini boy? Tea boy? 
Oh, sense in a team. Yeah, a team. Back into martinis. Because remember when I had that lychee sake one? That was delicious. That was really good. What was that mm. for then? Uh, memorial. Memorial. God, that was ah, good memorials. Good memorials. Um, so, yeah, so it's Book Lovers. Right. This book is about a literary agent, a sexy literary agent called Nora, named after Nora Ephron, which kind of gives you a vibe of the theme of the book. I would say. And she's really like a career woman doing that literary agent stuff. And then there's this editor called Charlie Listra. And she sees him one day and she's like, oh, he's such a prick. <laughs> and then two years later, she goes on this holiday, like a staycation-y sort of situation-y to this place in America where this like chick lit book is set um, with her sister who's obsessed with the book and who is there but Charlie Lystra. So she's there for a month with her sister. They've got this bucket list of all the things her sister wants to do and she's going to do in this place. And well, Nora and Charlie, I mean, there's an undeniable spark from the first meeting and then the stock and sexual tension, and then later the start shagging. Oh, and the tagline is one summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. So this book was the first book that I read, and I guess you read this year. Mm-hmm. And it was just what I needed. I needed a nice easy sexy like American book where I could fancy all the characters and pray for a happy ending and you know assume that it's going to be there and just devoured it love the cover love Charlie Lystra oh yeah me too did she describe him as looking like an owl Made it difficult to wank her. But... <laughs> Michael's terrified of owls. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, which is strange because he's quite an owly looking man. I know he is quite he is quite avian. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Charlie Lystra. Whoa. You know, the, another right, I think we've established so far in this episode that I am a barefaced liar. At least I, <laughs> I say things. That I don't mean, that I don't know that I don't mean, but to sound, I don't want to say cool, but interesting. Yeah, basically. So one of my big attention-seeking things that I've done over the years, and I've only just realised when I read about Charlie Lystra that it wasn't true, So I've always said, oh, God, I don't like a man in a suit. That See, again, that's the same energy as, I like January, and I don't watch murder documentaries. Yeah. Deliberately controversial. For mm-hmm. no other reason than you want attention. And that's what we're here for. You know what, actually? One of my ex-boyfriends who, God, that was an awful relationship. We were just not meant for each other. You know this relationship where you're just not meant for each other? Yeah. Um, in any way, like, neither <laughs> of us liked each other. We were not friends. It was bad times. <laughs> and he used to say to me, oh, my God, you always, you're book the trend, you. Book the trend, book the trend. And I used to get so angry. Mm-hmm. And I would have full-on fights about it 
where I was drunk and he wasn't because he didn't drink. Um, and the trend. I know. And you know what? I 15 years later, I apologize to you. You were right. I'm so book the trend. And you know what's really fun? Just what's the opposite of booking the trend? Shagging Just the go, trend. Going with the flow, I think. Yeah, Shagging that's what trend. I like. And I like men and Book sushi. the trend or fuck the trend. Ah, yeah. But you know what? Weirdly, what confused me was book the trend, right? My ex was from South Shields. And in South Shields, they say book for fuck. Like, I'm going to book you. Yeah. So I couldn't, like, that was a bit of an oxymoron for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he's right, because I do book the trend. And and Charlie Lister got me right back on that trend, because picturing him in that bookshop, in that suit. Yeah, fit. I was giving Hugh Grant in Notting Hill. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I still don't fancy him. Oh, okay, no, I do in Notting Hill. Um, Jagree, Jagree, Jagree. What... <laughs> What else? Oh, that's actually a question that um, I need to ask you as a man. Is because men love putting on a suit, they absolutely love it. And I've asked a mm. few men this and they don't know the answer. Mm. What, like, what's that about? Do you just love putting on a suit on? Do you love wearing? You've, I think the only time I've ever seen you wearing a suit is on your wedding day. And even then, it wasn't a proper suit, was it? Like, it wasn't all the same color. Yeah, no, it was. Oh, I've just realised what a suit means. Yeah. Oh, my God, me too. Mm-hmm. That's not well uh, on that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not really in the... Uh, what's that What's that term? You're not in that demographic, are you? No, I was going to say, I'm not really in the thing of doing this. What is it? Oh, God, Paul. The mood? I am not... <laughs> in the game of whatever speaking for all men but Mm. so I won't Mm. I don't like wearing suits because I was underdeveloped as a child and I still I still have it um I still have that insecurity that I'm underdeveloped not in the crotchal area but just in general (laughs) so I still feel like I'm too small to put on a suit so when I put on a suit I feel like people are gonna laugh at us because um, I'm too tiny right 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 okay but if I was if I looked like Charlie Lister and I had a gorgeous chest a gorgeous chest that stretched out the shirt a little bit and like filled the shoulders of the suit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, my God, I'd be wearing a suit every single day. In a bookshop in a a, a failing bookshop in a dead end town in the middle of like flyover states, America. Hundred percent. Third time I've said flyover states this week. What does that mean? The states in the middle that it's not worth doing anything but flying over them. Oh my God, how rude! Mm. One of them could uh, be the next Benidorm. <laughs> I bet they are. No. What right. state was it in? I don't know. The place is called Sunshine Falls. Sounds nice enough. It does. I'm going to say it's in Missouri. Missouri. Is that in the south? No idea. Um, are you going to ask me what I thought of this book at any point? Or have you I am. It? Sorry, I am. I'm really, the, the format of this podcast has gone out the window. Sorry, it'll take us a while to warm up. <laughs> so, Sarah, what did you think? Yeah, loved it. Thought it was just like a proper rom. <laughs> There's no calm, was there? But it was like a proper a little rom. bit of calm every now and then. 
was there um the things that actually i thought were because i don't know if you can tell from our past literary endeavors minus our christmas specials but we can be a bit snooty with our choices yeah we can go for you know booker long-listed short-listed prizes whatever um and it means that my attitude towards like commercial fiction, which this is, is also a little bit snooty. And I just think that I'm better than it most of the time. And do you know what? That didn't really fail me in this because when I was reading it, every now and then there were some lines that were just so nice, so well written that mm-hmm. I was like, I've got a newfound appreciation for this Um genre of literature and yeah I just thought it was one of those proper good light-hearted easy reads that everyone should read for a while do you know what this is a good book for getting out of a reading rut like oh, that's so well put yeah just a proper page turner there's no like real danger or stakes there's obviously a tiny bit of like upheaval at one point um but you just know, you know, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to have a happy ending. And it's sometimes that is just really what you need from a book. It's and like it was at the end of January. Like, well, exactly. Yeah. And this book, I tell you what, Emily Henry is smashing it. It is everywhere. And it has been it a is. huge bestseller. And she's got more and more coming. And the other thing is, right, when you say... Oh, it's it's a really easy read. How fucking hard must it be to write a book that's really easy for people to read? Like people don't read. Richard Osman tweeted about this the other day that um he was like, I've recently stopped trying to say like when he's been asked to review a book or whatever, like I devoured it because now that he's an author, it's like I know how much like how much of a pain painstaking effort that's not the right phrase but do you know what I mean like how much goes into that and then for you to just get through it in two to three hours it's like oh but fucking hell that took me two to three years to write Mm. um but then loads of the replies were like but that's surely the greatest compliment of all like definitely that's exactly what you want you want to write something that takes you a really long time but it's therefore so good that people just inhale it yeah that's what that's, and what that's all what, commercial fiction is really yeah i love a bit of commercial fic i think it's fantastic and yeah. this was no exception i really enjoyed reading about i liked the sister did you i did i actually did i liked the sister there was a bit of stuff about whether she was getting divorced and stuff and i was a bit intrigued about what that was going to be and then not going to spoil it anything, you know what but... i didn't see that coming actually i didn't i didn't okay. i really didn't and I like the fact that Nora was in, I love anything in New York, just obsessed with New York. So the fact they were there and Charlie Lister had his gorgeous apartment and I just yeah. really wanted to climb him. Yeah. Which is surely the point. It's published by Penguin, like Emily Henry. Well fucking done. And a gorgeous cover. That's so true because when we were reading that, I was down in London for work and I went mm-hmm. into foils and it was bloody mm-hmm. There. It was absolutely everywhere. Um, New York Times bestseller. It's a also for people that 
look up certain like plot plots for books that they want to read. Mm-hmm. This is the ultimate enemies to lovers plot. Yeah. So if that yeah. is your thing, this is a really good one for that because I know. Yeah. And it's not toxic because a lot of those plot lines are really toxic. Um, this is actually just a really good example of a enemies to ne- lovers. Next time you are on a beach in Gran Canaria, oh, whip out perfect. book lovers. Uh, yeah. watch people trying to jet ski and read book lovers. It is. Mm-hmm. It's just lovely. Oh, yeah, gorge. And it made me, it really made me want to, the whole, it was very Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's something about people that, like I grew up in a working class town that then became a city and then I moved to the big smoke and I was like trying to be a high flying businesswoman. And then you watch things like Sweet Home Alabama and you read books like book lover and it's all about uh-huh. the like the pull of like a small town life yeah. and like that's also becoming a, a big thing on tiktok is this like cottage core like what about if we all just just went back home and like lived without wi-fi wouldn't that be delightful it's it's like yeah actually now that i'm nearing my 30s and i don't know what i want in my life that does sound quite nice and comforting but still exciting and that is book lovers it's a woman just torn between those two ideals i also love charlie listra's mom she was my favorite the stoner out of yeah. nowhere there's I just know. a stoner in it and it's his mum. loved her yeah she was great i um, wish more no I what <laughs> i was gonna go in with like a couple of very loose criticisms but i just won't because there's no point it's like one of those books that just like you know what you're getting and it delivers it delivers on all fronts um obviously because i'm an insatiably horny devil i wish the sex was more, more frequent and more visceral but you know the bit in it, the pool was quite visceral but then it didn't quite go all the way Oh, in the like the mm. rock, the rock pool, whatever it was. Tell you what, I couldn't wow. sleep after that one. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I liked... I'm glad that these books are in the world. Me too. Me bloody too. Um, um. Do you know what? As well, they like they do fool you because you look at a cover that's like really aesthetically pleasing. It's plastered all over every bookshop, and you just think I'm too good for that. And then you seek out some translated. 18th century text and have a really shit time mm-hmm. and then you give in and read this is exactly what happened to me with normal people i'm not saying that they're necessarily in the same like category but normal people was fucking everywhere it had mm-hmm. that like very simplistic cover and i was just like i'm better than that book um that book looks shit and then i read it and t- it was one of the best books that i read of the last decade so Basically, don't be, don't book the trend all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, that is the, the full circle moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, Emily Henry. We love you. We love you. I've got a question for you. Okay. Paul Webb, what is your biggest it? 
ick. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, you needed to give us some time to repair for that. Repair. Repair. <laughs> ick in, in just any context. Or Yes. a sex, like a sexual ick. Well, yeah, like a romantic partner ick. I don't A romantic have one, partner. but I just wanted... Um, your office ick the other day made us cry. You, Sarah had one of her most informed days of all time last week. She was making us piss myself. And oh, can you read? Can I read the text that you said about that ick? <laughs> Hang on. So, it kind of came out of nowhere as well. And the thing is, when I'm at work, I always have I'm all I always have WhatsApp web open on my massive screen, and I'm always sitting next to Charlotte. So when anyone sends me anything remotely funny, I just read it out to Charlotte. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 oh God. Even when I don't think we text a lot, we text so much. I'm Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. scrolling back. And yawns. Let's see. Uh, 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 uh. Right, office email ick. When someone emails you at 3 p.m. on a Friday and signs off with, have a lovely weekend when it comes, fuck off. It's here. It's been here since Wednes
and it's an ick that I didn't realize I had until one of my friends said it was one of her it, Holly said it was one of her icks and then I was like oh god oh god that is disgusting oh. it's the image of a man getting ready to go on a date with me like a first date and so you know when you're like that like just them looking in the mirror and maybe being a bit like self-conscious about what top they're gonna wear and and also no don't it makes me feel sick waiting I once went on a date with somebody and they'd accidentally got the earlier train because they lived outside of Edinburgh and they accidentally got the earlier train and them just being so punctual that they were early because they cared enough about our first date to be on time I was like I feel I'm gonna throw up in my mouth I would just prefer if someone showed up to our date three hours late and was like, God, you, like, I forgot totally about you because that's just... Oh, my God, Sarah, you need such help. I know. But isn't that the most disgusting thing in the world? Just a man looking at the Oh, yeah, my eyebrows look nice. I could sit and think about Nigel Farage getting ready for a date with me and be in love with him. Like the idea of someone, but the, me and Michael are the same on this. He like, it's not just for men, but just people in general. He says like the thought of somebody getting, like if you invite someone out from work who you've never like really been out with before, the thought of them like getting ready and like putting their contact lenses in and like, oh, I love it. No, Paul, that, well, that's why you shouldn't feel that sort of like pity. That's, a, that's it's not a- pity. It's not pity. It's, it, well, maybe it is. <laughs> it's pity I don't want to pity someone that I want to oh, but how it that's not that's not it you can't say that you're pitying someone for getting ready what they're supposed to do is not not get ready yeah I haven't got a choice oh no that's terrible you and Holly Holly smelled naughty 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 that's awful don't put things like that in her head <laughs> okay I've got I've got another ick that isn't mine but it is really funny right it was then like you like at, you're at like a barbecue or something like that and you look over and he's got his knees pushed together and like his plate balanced on his knees and he's on his tiptoes to eat oh no that I love that as well that's gorgeous oh bless him maybe I don't have icks what exactly oh there we go I don't get icks I don't get it I don't get those icks I will have an ick but no you know what you're right what what you've written down because I would just say well my ick would be like someone being a prick yeah no and that's not an ick that just means I don't like them yeah you just don't like them let's think of something that I don't like so it's it's would it be even if I fancied them this would make me ick yeah I get a bit of an ick <gasps> with people who don't like very many foods or really like won't try a single food and they're like oh no I can't have that I can't have that that icks mm-hmm. me a bit I'm like oh I don't know if this is gonna work someone who's mm-hmm. like oh I don't know if I could have that because it's got a mushroom sauce I don't know like that yeah, yeah, I yeah, find yeah, yeah. that quite icky no, that's a yeah. I think that is probably like what an ick originally was, and then it's just been totally bastardized. Um, okay. No, oh, I like oh. this. I want to do a couple more. Um, there's one an ick, a really popular ick is when you're just gonna think it's like sweet or like tragically sweet again, but it's Brighty. like when um he calls the waiter for the bill and gets ignored 
Oh no. <laughs> you know what? You're horrible. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, what's another one? Yeah, I, you know what? You're right. The things that you find icky are the things that I'm like, oh no, bless. endearing. Yeah, no, oh, that's it's not. Like, no, I'll shag you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Um, <laughs> would oh. you get an ick if you were? No, you. If would you get an ick if you were out on a date with a really hot Charlie Lister man in a suit and he ordered WKD? No, I think that was funny. Yeah, that's hilarious. No, but he does it really seriously. No, I just still think that was funny. Like the the it doesn't matter the context. That's just a f- objectively funny. It's thing. really funny. Yeah, I would I would admire the confidence. Yeah, um, I'd actually get more of an ick if like I went on a date with someone in a really slick suit and they ordered like a martini shake and not stirred or something. I'd get an ick about that. Yeah, but that's just because I would think they're an arsehole. Yeah. Um, another one which you're gonna think is like ah, oh, and falls very much into the same category as being ignored by the waiter is like if you're in a group of people with them and it's their friends and then they say like a joke and no one hears <laughs> so i would I would snog them immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a savior complex <laughs> i think i have but also i'm now thinking these things probably happen to me quite a lot <laughs> i get insanely embarrassed about stupid things like that like yeah no me i yeah so i was on the things like i was on the tube the other day and someone got off and there was a seat and I really wanted the seat but there was other people there so I didn't take the seat and then none of us took the seat and there was a seat there on a really busy tube and my face was pulsating (laughs) I was so embarrassed and I don't know if everyone else was embarrassed too and feeling the same but like I couldn't bear being in that situation it was horrible and I was like I can't sit down now it was horrendous yeah, no, you've got to stand up and just pretend that you never even saw the seat in the yeah, first place. Yeah, I'm like, getting off next stop. You weren't in that carriage. Yeah, just get off the yeah. next stop and wait for the next train. Um, Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I think there's more. I've got a friend whose ick is, well, a friend whose boyfriend's ick is, like, fluffy, comfy clothes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> If you like get home and like change out of your like jeans or whatever into like joggers, he gets the ick. Oh god. So what does he want you to wear? Yeah, I don't know, like a corset and petticoat for the rest of your <laughs> life. Is he single? <gasps> I've just heard a Slack notification come through. What's that work? But what the fuck? Or maybe did I turn my laptop off? <gasps> Oh, or maybe it's like one of those triggers because this is where I work from home from. What, like, you home? know, <laughs> this this seat specifically, your little sass pot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like whenever I used to go into my hallway of my old flat, I would hear, even if my headphones were nowhere near, the turning on sound of my headphones. They're like, boom, boom, as it connected to my phone because I would always have my headphones on and it like sent me west for a little bit. So I'm just wondering if I've made that slack sound up. Maybe. 
Phantom Slack sound. Oh. Stop it. Um, right, Sarah, do you want to give for the book and the drink? I bet you don't know it. For next week? Yeah. We're doing, are we doing Song of Achilles? No. Nope. Or are we doing Stubborn Archivist? Yeah. Well, good stuff because I've not finished reading it yet. It's really quick to read because it's because it's about like half the pages are half like pages. experimental, isn't it? It is indeed. It is. Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. Have you thought of a drink? Because it's set in um, half in London and half in. Oh God, it's been such a while. Mighty sharp. I want to say Mexico. Oh my God, have we had a margarita yet? Ah. I don't know I've got I some Cointreau. So let's do Marguerite. Okay. We're going to be reading The Stubborn Archivist. Sorry, no, the, no, what's that word? The phrase for the definite article. No definite oh. article. Oh, We're going to be reading Stubborn Archivist by Yara Rodriguez. And it's um, a book shortlisted for something. Let's have a look. Shortlisted for the Sunday Times Young Writer of the Year Award. Another young writer, for fuck's sake. Another pray. Hey, young writers. Um, and we are gonna drink a margarita. Let's make it a spicy margarita. <laughs> yeah, Michael makes these ones. Okay, yeah, that, <gasps> he makes one. Um, that's from the. In fact, this is gonna. Be, I know it's your drink, but from the Soho House. I think Michael found this recipe from Soho House and it's one and it's got coriander in it and it's delicious. Oof, yeah. Let's do that. Send me the recipe. <laughs> Will do. Um, any final bits of gossip or information? I've written down big discovery here. I can't remember what. Oh, you haven't made another invention, have you? Look, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have a light bulbs, Paul. <laughs> I'm gonna get on Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den quickly. Mm. So that was called Shark Tank in the US. Yeah, but it was here first. Right. Okay. I Actually, wondering... I don't know. Again, I'm... let's have a look. Because I think I, I think Dragon's Den was the Ridge. Me too. Just because it's English, and I'm like, we're older. But obviously, English stuff's first. But Shark Tank makes so much more sense than Dragon's Den. Oh, no, Dragon's Den is where the treasure is. No, okay, I redact You know that. what? We're both awful. Of course, it's based upon the Japanese money tigers. Well, that's a shitter name. Yeah, the Brits okay. do it better. I'm joking. The Dutch do it better, as we said last time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All those really tie shots. Have you watched <laughs> the tree as US? No, Paul. They did a reunion and it wasn't worth it. Oh dear. Have you watched any good TV or films recently? I watched a film called Close in the cinema. God, it's sad. Ooh, ooh. I watched Tar with Kate Blanchett. Wow, oh yeah. Wow, wow. Did you watch it in the cinema? Yes. Is it good? It's fantastic. Long, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't like long films, but I will watch Kate Blanchett's face for hours on end if I have to. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's brilliant. It's really good. This time last week, I was in the cinema watching, and that's exactly right, Scream 6. <gasps> uh, you know what? I love Scream, and I haven't even watched Scream 5. 
Ah, well, I watched Scream 5 last year in the cinema. Scream was the first horror film that I watched when I was five years old. E, me too. And I was older than five. I was probably nine and I couldn't sleep four months. Yeah, I was pet- petrified. Yeah. I remember really vividly, I was at my friend Amy Stevens's house in Seg Hill and uh, Rachel Daw was there and Rachel Daw was older than us. And Rachel Daw said, shall we watch screen one? And I was like, what? And she's like, shall we watch screen one? And I was like, screen one? She was like, screen one. Turned out she was saying scream. So yeah. I thought we we're going to watch a film called Screen One. And I thought, well, that sounds quite innocuous. Uh, first <laughs> fucking scene, Drew Barrymore having a voice, back, voice box stabbed out, calling yeah. for a mom. I, inside out and hanging her up on a tree. I mean, that your first introduction to a horror film, that's just not on. Well, yeah, and I had the exact same one. I also was at a friend's house and she was called Jessica Sherry. And she had a TV in her bedroom, which was absolutely phenomenal it was like when people started getting iphones in 2007 do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah stacy there was this huge tv balanced on some tiny little bracket in the top corner of her bedroom and we watched scream with our heads like the back of our heads (laughs) touching our backs and we lived about we will our parents still do live about 100 meters away from one another and i used to go to hers every tuesday thursday and saturday and Every night from that point on until I was a teenager, I made her stand at her front door and watch as I sprinted up the road to get to my mum's and get oh. inside. And only then because she closed the front door because of Scream. And then after that, we like obviously branched out into, do you remember what was the Tooth Fairy film called? Something Darkness. Oh my like, God, oh. what the hell was that again? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was the next one we watched. And then obviously we watched The Ring and Grudge and... Never look back. Yeah. At the tender age of five years old. Jesus, Sarah. No. So anyway, now it's like a tradition and uh, I go and see the new scream every time it comes out. Mm-mm-mm. Um. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Oh, I watched Yellow Jackets. Did you watch that? Taylor told me to watch that. I keep talking about Taylor today, don't I? Yeah, you do. He said I would love it because I watched... Um, Oh, because I told him how much I love the cabin in the woods. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, there like, is a cabin and it is in the woods. Is it comedy horror sort of thing? There are a few moments of comedy and it is horror it, it sort of like stumbles into kind of Blair Witch Project territory a little bit, which mm. I don't know. I tell you, this is what I'm going to leave you with. Me and Michael oh. watched the scariest film I have seen in a long time, right? And I thought of you because it's called Lake Mungo. <gasps> no way. Yeah. It's an Australian mockumentary. And yes, I always thought that mockumentaries were like funny. Comedy, but just, yeah. yeah, but it's not mock like that. It's just like, it's a fake documentary. It's a fake documentary in Australia. Oh, God. And it's about this girl who drowns and a family are trying to figure out what happened to her and it's all told in interviews and it's really understated and builds up the tension and there's one jump scare in the whole thing where I because of how brilliantly the tension built up I nearly like flew back into like the back wall and then Michael (laughs) that night he I'm quite good now I'm a big boy now so 
I've really conquered horror films and I don't get scared by it. Once I've turned them off, I'm fine. Mm. Michael, bless him, would be in a Brighton that weekend. And at some point he picked up an, a nasty bout of food poisoning. But it didn't, oh, no. um, I know, but it didn't rear its head until 5am on Monday morning. We'd watch that on the Sunday night. We'd pulled out the bed and slept <laughs> in the front room. And he was Oh, that's so, even scarier. He was so scared. Like he's like was basically exploding from both ends, but was like trying not to have to go to the toilet. <laughs> it was funny because I like in the morning I like yawned and stretched and tried to come alive, and I was just like, <laughs> and then Michael was like, <laughs> you're like morning, like birds like, oh, tweet. God, haven't we had a lovely weekend in Brighton? And then I just came out and go, but you know how we've got that window above our front, uh, uh, you know, the door in the living room, there's that window that's like above the door. As it yeah. must have been mm-hmm. a front door way back when. He said that he kept seeing the jump scare face like in the window. Like, <laughs> Honestly, please watch it. It's on Prime. Uh, it's, but... it's about 20 years old, maybe 15 years old. And it it, it was What's really quick. Lake Mungo. It's really critically acclaimed, but didn't do very well commercially in Australia. And um, it's great because I feel like I've watched every horror film ever. And then when you find a random, brilliant one that you've never heard of, it's great. Yeah, I would. I would, don't know about watching it on your own though. Yeah, no, that's that's the issue. Okay, it's great. Get Jack. Get Jackie. Jackie boy. Okay. Yeah. He he really jumps at scary films. It's the best it's really part. Good. I get a bit of an ick when people can't watch scary films. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. That's what I appreciate about Jack, actually, is that he is such them. a pussy, but he watches them. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably because he knows that he won't be attractive to women if he doesn't. That's a good point. Mm. Right. Uh, on that note, great first step. Love being back. Oh. And we'll, see you. we'll see you soon. Hopefully next. Well, I don't know when this is coming out. What we've decided is to be a little bit more chilled about this because basically we said when we first started the podcast in order to become internationally famous we'll need to do one every week because that's what all the website said now that it hasn't happened i think we can just be a little bit more chilled about it you know what i mean um so it might be every fortnight and if so we'll change the jingle don't worry about that um but yeah we will we'll we'll see you very soon my guys oh well what a lovely first episode back lovely lovely catch up my darling um see you in guantanamo bay see you there (laughs) Love you, Love you, baby.